Hello there. Welcome to JPM Ministries. I'm just so glad that you took the time out of your busy schedule to listen. Uh, I pray that you too will enjoy this and be consumed by the all-consuming fire, which is Yahweh our Lord and Savior. For I know if you become consumed, you will be a great asset to the kingdom. If you don't mind, will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that your child has stopped to just listen to a word from you, God. And just thank you, God, for, for even providing us with the time. Just being with you and to listen to you and to get a word from you, God. Ask that you will continue to be with everyone, God. Continue to lead them and guide them, God, in whichever way you would have them to go. Ask that you continue to show them what it means to be ignited for Christ, God. Pray that you continue to ignite them for Christ, God. Pray that you continue to, to make it evident in their work for you that they are ignited for Christ, God. I thank you, God. For everyone who takes the time to listen to this podcast, God, that it will be a blessing to them, God. We just thank you. God, we love you and we praise you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I'm so glad you tuned in with this uh once I looked at that, how many people looked at the introduction video, I was very excited and overwhelmed that so many people had subscribed to this podcast. And I know you've been waiting for two weeks and said, what in the world could this F-Bomb series be about? I know F-Bombs can be a very interesting title. So if you don't mind, we're going to go ahead and dig in. I know your time is precious, and I promise, I hope this cast will not be long, and you just take the time to listen, and hopefully you can take something with you to apply to your life. Week one, we're going to be talking about faith. Today, we're going to be talking about faith, and we're going to be coming from James, the second chapter, to beginning at the 14th verse. We're going to read now to the 24th verse, but I'm going to break it up as I stop at each point. Now, if you don't mind, I just want to start and I want to tell you about a story I, I heard once before and it really gave me a good example on this. I think it will set the table for this this uh, spiritual meal we're about to dig into. And so, uh, there was a story about a, about a man who, um, he liked to walk the tight ropes and he was very good at what he did. He could walk the tight ropes back and forth and had no problem as he had a crowd of people watching him one day. And so uh, the man said, Hey, hey people, do y'all believe I can walk this tight rope? And everyone said, Yeah, yeah, we know you can, we know you can, we know you can. And he walked the tight rope and they cheered. And he said, Hey, do y'all believe I can walk this tight rope on one foot? And once again, he said, everybody just said, yeah, 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 we know you can. Yeah, we know you can walk it on one foot. And so he walked it on one foot. And once again, they cheered. So he said, uh, hey, I got a wheelbarrow here. And how many of you believe I can walk across this tightrope on one foot with a wheelbarrow? And everybody said, yeah, we believe you can. We believe you can. We know you can. 
and they walked across the tightrope with one foot with the wheelbarrow. And everybody cheered once again. And so finally he said, how many people believe I can walk this tightrope on one foot with the wheelbarrow with the person in it? And once again, everybody said, oh, we believe you can. We believe you can. We believe. He said, any volunteers? And no one raised their hand. But everyone believed he could do it. <laughs> but no one raised their hand. The ideal person would say that they had faith in him. But yet nobody placed their life on the line. So uh, as we look at that 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 story, uh, let us dig into James and see what James would have to say about such a situation. And so I want to start the 14th verse in the second chapter. And the 14th verse says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have words, is dead. Wow. Of course, you know, right now we're going to look at 17 verse mainly, but it says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. I'm thinking about this, and, and I'm looking at all these people who believe this man could walk the tightrope on one leg with the wheelbarrow with the person inside it. They said that they had faith, they believed him, but it says here, without the works, they didn't take any action to... Get into the wheelbarrow. And he said, therefore, that faith is dead. In other words, the faith is not really alive. And I'm just I'm just amazed by that. Uh, but I want to let us think about a couple of things. I'm going to have three points, and I'm going to go through those as we go through the scripture. So we won't be, you know, have to listen too long. But the first point is faith is active. Faith is active. I think about it, how many times we come across people and they know that we have confessed that we believe in the Lord and we love Him with all our heart. We will meet somebody and we will know that they are in need and we will have it to give. And we will say, I just have faith that he will take care of you. But we never put any works behind that faith. We have a belief system is what we're saying. See, there's a difference between having a belief system and faith. A belief system is just a set of beliefs. Things that I believe, or can say I believe. But faith puts work with that. So we will believe that they will be alright and you will be met. We would never have the faith to help them meet that need. Uh, that's one example. But, but really, that's not what I want to focus on with this 
this faith today. I want us to focus on how this faith applies to our life with Christ. There are a lot of us who, who we believe. <laughs> Unless we profess that we believe. But our lives do not have any deeds that show that we believe. It doesn't have any words that say that yes, he does believe what he says he believes. <laughs> he said, uh, if you love me, you keep my commandments. We may believe that we love him, but we will not put the words to keep his commandments, you know. And that is very important for us to pay attention to. If we don't realize that we must have active faith, sometimes we can can uh, mess other people up. We can cause other individuals to stumble because our actions are not meeting our words. When I think of faith, I always think of the lady that just had to touch the hem of his garment. It's amazing how she could have easily just said, I believe that you can heal me and stop right there. <laughs> and say, like most of us Christians, they, I believe, I have faith that he can heal me. But if we want to be honest here, that, that wouldn't have gotten her healed. That That's not what healed her. That may be one part that caused the action. Her belief alone did not heal her. It was not until she put the words with her faith that she became healed. And that's just amazing, you know, how we believe so much and we won't go out there and put our life on display. Our words are out there. We say all these nice things, these elegant things to make other people believe that we are holier than thou, but our words don't match what we say. I want to go farther. And my second point, uh, let's read 18 through 20, and it says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have words. Show me your faith without your words, and I will show you my faith by my words. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? <laughs> That's interesting. He says, um, someone says, show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. That is a very important thing for us to remember. It, it brings me to my second point. My second point is faith is visible by others. <laughs> James is smart here. He said, uh, someone say you have faith and I have work. Show me your faith without your work. And what he was saying, you can't show anyone your faith without your words. You can tell them. But we are telling a lot of people a lot of things in today's generation. People have enough people telling them everything. Show me something. You know, I've had someone, a very important part of my life, tell me before. They said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And he's saying, show someone a sermon without words. And it's, it's impossible to show someone your faith without words. But you can show someone your faith by your words. 
can show someone that you really believe Christ is the head of your life by the way you you give these people a nice smile by the fruit of the spirit. People can tell when you have the love of Christ in you. They can see it by your action because you you can't say you love me and when I'm in need you run away and say he'll take care of you. Faith has works behind it and it is visible by others. Other individuals should be able to look at you and be able to tell what you believe. <laughs> he goes on, he said, you believe that there is one guy you do well, but even if demons believe and tremble. What are you saying? Your set of beliefs doesn't set you apart. It does not sanctify you. Saying even devils have beliefs. All you did was put yourself on the levels with the demons because you have a belief system. But to put your level on what children of God believe, you have to have the works with it. There are too many professed Christians that are only doing what the devil do. Oh, somebody got mad. But what I'm telling you is. You, you have to have your works with your faith in order to really live the life of a Christian. To really be just like Christ. <laughs> it's so, it hurts so bad when I, I stop sometimes and I think about it. What if Jesus would have just said, I believe if I die on this cross, they'll be saved. <laughs> but he never got on the cross. <laughs> Boy, every time I think about that, it, 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 it would make you cry because you think about it. If he would have just had some beliefs, he, your soul would still be lost and you would still be destined for hell. Hmm. He said, yes, Jesus loves me because I know he loved me because he first loved me. That That's real, real important. You know? How you know he loved you? It wasn't because he had some beliefs. Not because he just said some things. But when you look at his life and see the words. You can't help but to know that he loves you. It's active. And visible by others. <laughs> when I think about visible by others. I remember when I played basketball for uh, in high school. And this was my about my ninth grade year, and I really wasn't an athlete yet. I really hadn't developed the skills to uh, ball like I thought I could. <laughs> but because of my hustle, I get a little bit of playing time, and I would get in the game. And you know, when you first start playing basketball, <laughs> you have a tendency: the moment the ball get in your hands, you want to jack up a shot. <laughs> and I would get the ball, and I would get in my shooting motion. And the coach would say, no, Jeffrey, no. And I would say, what in the world? And I'd look over there and he'd be like, no, pass the ball. Get the ball out your hand. And I would think maybe that was just a bad shot, nothing major. And I'd get the ball again. i get ready to shoot. And he would say, no, Jeffrey, get the ball out your hands. And what I realized as I got older was he wasn't just saying that to say it. He had no faith in my shot. But if you ask somebody in the audience, they they didn't uh, have to go ask Coach, do you have faith in Jeffrey's shot? 
they knew that he did not have faith in my shot by what he did every time I got ready to shoot. <laughs> so I want you to realize that faith is visible. <laughs> and lastly, we go to the 21st verse. It says, Was not Abraham my father? They're justified by works when he offered Isaac his son of the altar, on the altar, excuse me. Then you see that faith was working together with his works. And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. <laughs> That's so interesting. I think that if the lady would have only believed she would have never gotten healed the last point is faith is complete <laughs> as Christians in today's society we must have complete faith <laughs> see there are too many Christians walking around with incomplete faith When someone claims to have faith, what what he or she may have is intellectual assent, an intellectual belief, it, agreement with a set of Christian teachings. But just that would not be incomplete faith. See, what I want you to realize today is true faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. If our life remains unchanged, we don't truly believe the truth we claim to believe. We got to have complete faith. I'm not telling you to have works without faith because works without faith will not save you. But you need faith with the works. Works are evidence of your faith. <laughs> it's funny, uh. A uh, funny day in my life. One day I went into a, went to a dinner at a church, and I saw the uh, it had a big picture, and the picture said uh, "sweet tea," and so I went to it, and me trying to be healthy, not realizing you know that it, sweet tea is about as bad as all these carbonated sodas, but. You know, at least I'm not saying soda is tea, so it's a little different. But I got the tea and I started drinking and I said, man, this tea is sure not sweet, but the picture said sweet tea. So the lady that was over the food and things, she came out and I said, ma'am, um, I thought this was tea. And she said, yeah, it is tea, it is tea. And I said, um. It doesn't taste sweet to me. She said, oh, see, sweetie, you said it was tea, but you meant sweet tea. And I, I didn't realize, you know, at the moment, I was thinking that tea was just tea, you know. Uh, I knew there was sweet tea and un unsweet tea, but the, I didn't realize that when I explained to her, I needed to just let her know that uh, it wasn't sweet tea. But we can relate that to our faith. We... 
we go around and we say, yeah, we have faith. And people look and they say, what? What is? They look like me. I, they say they have this faith in Christ, but I don't see anything different. <laughs> reality is, they half a half of it right. She had half of the drink right. She had brewed the tea. No, but it didn't have the sugar. So the sugar without the brewed tea was not sweet tea. The same thing with faith. Our set of beliefs without active words is not complete faith. Today we live in a generation where Christians have to look like Christians. Christians have to walk like Christians. Christians need to talk like Christians. Christians got to live like Christians. People got to be able to see it. But people can't see what you believe if you're not acting it out in your life. If it's not an active part of your life, people don't know it unless you tell them. And people don't want to hear any more sermons. They want to see one. They tie all these people saying they love Christ. Christ, and I'm this and that, and then when they look at them, they hanging out with them. You can't have complete faith and look like the world. You know, and a lot of people look at this verse and they say, man, <laughs> I thought in Romans it said uh, we were made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. But when you look deeper, <laughs> How it showed that Paul and James weren't talking against each other. They were actually on the same side. See, while it is true that our good works cannot get us salvation, true faith also results in a changed life in good works. See, Paul speaks to those who try to be saved by just their works instead of true faith. And then James speaks against those who confuse just having intellectual beliefs with true faith. See, they, they complement each other. What he's saying is your beliefs and your words complement each other. You can't have one without the other, but you got to have both of them. You need complete faith. Complete faith involves a commitment of your whole self to God. <laughs> commitment is not a thing that we like to hear. Commitment is not a word that we are very fond of. I, I think about it, I waited so long, and my parents didn't even allow me to get a contract for so long, and every time I would get talking to my mom about a contract, she wouldn't originally say no, she would say, yeah, sounds good, you get a new phone, you know, they said free, and I say, but you have to get a two-year contract, and she would hear a contract, which in her mind said, commit me, that you have to, and she would say, oh, no, you don't need that yet, <laughs> A lot of church since they have awarded now their discipleship by reducing the amount of commitment they require from their members. <laughs> but if we really want to look like Christ, if the church really wants to look like Christ, we don't need to reduce. <laughs> we need to really get them what Christ says. We need to really show them what commitment looks like. We need to act, give them some responsibility. Accountability that 
They have to be committed to God, their whole self. Not on certain days, not on Sunday, but all through the week, all throughout the hours and days of the year. We must be committed. So as I, I get ready to sum this up, I want to realize Christians, we gotta in order to be united with Christ, <laughs> we must exemplify complete faith. We can no longer say, I believe in Christ, but do what we've done all our lives and know that we are wrong. As I relate this, I want, what I'm saying is you, you have to stop watching the man walk the tightrope and telling the man you believe he can do it with the wheelbarrow on one leg with you in it. But you got to get in the wheelbarrow. You got to put your life on. On the line. That's what complete faith is. Will you pray with me? <laughs> God, I just thank you for this time, God. I thank you for just giving us an understanding of what faith is. For understanding that we must have a complete faith in you, God. That we must let our works match our beliefs, God. I thank you for just teaching us, God, how how to live in a way that shows and exemplifies our faith. God, we thank you for being just so awesome, God. We know we sometimes not even live the faith we've professed. But you're so just to forgive us, God. So merciful, God. We just thank you, God. And as that as you as we try to grow closer to you, God, as we try to have this complete faith. That you would give us the power, God, the grace that we need to sustain it, God. We we thank you, God. We love you. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you for coming in today and listening. Thank you for even subscribing once again. I'm just so so grateful for the many subscribers that are uh, listening to this um, podcast. And I just pr- continue to pray that... You will be consumed by the all-consuming fire. Thank you for listening to JPM Ministries. We'll see you next week.